0: Then I was about 25 years old, I was uh, busted and into jail and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with Pastor Jimmy Gino from Victory Life Church in Toowoomba. I met him recently at a combined church prayer gathering. Uh, where uh, he was praying for revival in our nation, shared a bit of his testimony, and I thought, wow, I've got to get this guy on the radio. He's got a great testimony from Africa originally. We're going to hear a bit of his story. Welcome along, mate. Tell us where you were born and raised.
1: Hey, Matt, it's great to be with you uh, in this broadcast. Um, Well, I I was born in Kenya. That's uh, East Africa, Uh, and uh, that was back in the early 80s. So my mom and dad... Uh, My dad's a doctor and um, he'd been posted to work in Western Kenya. Uh, at, a, at the hospital during that time, and um, got with my mom, and uh, they got married, and uh, I was the firstborn, so that's when I was conceived. So, and yeah. tell
0: me, tell me a bit about your faith journey. Did you have a religious upbringing?
1: Well, my family is very traditional Catholic. Uh, my great uncle is actually a bishop in the Catholic Church, so they were very religious, but they hadn't really come to that place where they, you know, had had a born again experience. So, uh, when I was actually born and uh, the circumstance of my birth, you know, my mom uh, when she was pregnant with me, um, she had uh, difficulty in the pregnancy, and um, and this is this is going back in the early 80s, um, and um, and so in western Kenya, the border with Uganda, in a little village uh, where my dad was actually posted to start training to learn how to be a doctor, doing his internship. Uh, so that's around the time when my mom got pregnant, and so things were not very well. Being a fast pregnancy, she started having a lot of phys- uh, uh, issues with the pregnancy and, uh, you know, uh, blood pressure started going up and started scarring organs and uh, in, in her body and she ended up in the hospital and uh, it got really bad. My dad, my mom, say, told me actually a few years back that uh, they thought that um, they might have to, have to get rid of me in order to save her. And so during that time when they were just making uh, that decision whether to have the baby or not, they were checking my mom's vitals and and, um, and things were just not going well, uh, they decided we're going to Admit her, and then in the morning we're gonna we're gonna need to make some difficult decision Possibly uh, 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 stop the pregnancy, you know, abort the pregnancy. And uh, so that night, uh, my mom, while she was in the hospital in the ward, she began to pray, and um, and she said to God, Lord, if you allow me to have this baby, because she wanted to keep me, she said, if you allow me to have this baby. Yours 100%. I give him to you. And uh, my mom wasn't born again, she was not even, she had a Christian background, but she did not really know the Lord. My dad came from the Catholic uh, background, so but he was religious and really wasn't uh, really. Um, uh, walking with the Lord, uh, but the Lord heard my mom 's prayer, and that night no, something supernatural happened in that hospital uh so that by morning uh the blood pressure had gone down the swelling physically she just all her body was absolutely swollen and 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 her organs were starting to come under stress all that Hunter came back to normal and uh, and uh, the doctors looked at her and they said, uh, we don't know what happened, but I think you'll be able to carry this pregnancy to full time. So I was born uh, with the hand of God over my life because I believe God actually took that deal from my mom. When my mom uh, gave me over to God and said, Lord, if you let me, um, you know, have this baby, he's all yours. So it's kind of like the story of, of Hannah uh, in the Bible and, Elkanah and, and, the, and the, how, you know, um, yeah. she offered samuel to the lord the lord takes those deals and you know the prayers of parents do matter to the lord and the lord does hear them so um you know so when i was born i remember uh, my parents actually didn't end up giving their hearts to the lord uh after i was born because there was nobody there to lead them to christ there's nobody there to preach the gospel to them so i was I, st- I remember going to kindergarten and primary school, and there was something in my heart that just I just had a hunger for God. I just wanted to talk to God, and I don't know where that came from. And I remember when I was in kindergarten uh, in, um the teacher one day asked us to draw cartoons of what we would like to be when we grew up, and other kids are drawing Spider-Man and Superman and Batman, and I remember drawing a little stick person holding a cross and a Bible, and uh, all I knew in those days was missionary, and and so when the teacher came up to me and asked me, "What, well, what does this mean?" and I remember saying to the teacher, "Well, that's a missionary. When I when I grow up, I wanna be a missionary." And I have no idea where that came from. It was just something that was in me for as long as I can remember. So. At the age of about 10 years old, I've been looking for God. I've been trying to get to know God. I read my Bible, and uh, I was reading my Bible, but I really never had a relationship with Jesus. All I had was religion. And I remember during around that time, this is back in the early 90s, uh, Maurice Rulo, who's, who went to be with the Lord, I think was last year. Maurice Rulo came to Kenya and he was doing a big 10 crusade in downtown Nairobi and um, and so one of my best mates, his name, his name was uh, Anthony his mom uh, he was 10 years old at the time his mom came and picked him up from school and they went to this meeting uh, and uh, you know like parents would do with their kids you know your kid is sitting there in the meeting playing while mom is um, you know following watching and listening uh, to the message being preached and you um, know and, Anthony at that time, he was just watching and uh, he was watching people being prayed for and people coming out of wheelchairs and blind eyes seeing. And it was a, a, a real evangelistic uh, miracle healing uh, gospel crusade. And so there's all these signs and wonders. And, and in Africa, back in the early 90s, there was such a strong revival uh, in the continent. And uh, Bonki was going up and down the continent with millions, literally millions of people uh, giving their hearts to Jesus. When Bonki would come to town, a church of a few hundred will go from a few hundred to a few thousand in one way weekend. I mean, there's, there's just uh, an, souls coming to the Lord. So it was around that time where there was such an open heaven and revival and such an outpouring of God's Spirit uh, that Maurice Rula had come to town. So anyways, Anthony was there. He was watching all these things happening in the meeting. And uh, Anthony wasn't, w- was born again, and his mom was born again. But Anthony, all this time, had never shared Jesus with me, never tried to preached the gospel to me as his deskmate and friend in school. And so that the next day in class, Anthony was sitting next to me, and in front of Anthony uh, was Peter. And so the teacher, we were having a class, and uh, the teacher walked out when, I don't know, the bathroom was somewhere. So we all by ourselves in class. And, and, and I remember Peter turned around and looked at Anthony and said, hey, so what did you do yesterday? And Anthony say, said, oh, my mom took me to this meeting and this guy was preaching this and, you know, and we saw, I saw people coming off a of wheelchair and blind eyes and all this. And so I was just ears dropping what Anthony uh, was actually uh, telling Peter. And as I was listening to what Anthony was saying, it was like, you know, in the scripture where the Bible says that uh, when Mary... Spoke to Elizabeth, and the Bible says that when they heard each other's voice, the baby jumped. I, that's what it felt to me in my spirit. I felt like something just leapt up on the inside of me. And I realized at that very point in time, 10 years old, about 11 years old, that everything I'd been looking for in my life was connected to what Anthony was saying. So, and, and, and I don't know to this day one uh, Anthony saw, but Anthony looked at me while he was sharing this. The presence of God started coming, uh, falling in the classroom. And Anthony looked at me and he said, Hey, Jimmy, would you like to give your heart to Jesus after he had told us about these miracles? And I said, Yes, I'd like to give my heart to Jesus. And so right there in the classroom, he led me in the sinner's prayer. And uh, I gave my heart to the Lord. And, and, and literally from that point onwards, it was like everything I read in the scripture just began to make sense. You know, I've been reading the Word of God without relationship, and every time we read God's Word without relationship with God, we end up with religion. God doesn't want us to just have religion. He wants us to have a personal relationship with Him, and that's what I had at that time. Everything just fell into place. So, so Matt, that's how I give my heart to Jesus. Wow.
0: You started as a, as a very young man preaching the gospel and ministering yeah. to people, and there's a great story connected to this uh, where you ended up in Australia because of a a man in a prayer meeting having a vision. Tell us that story. That's a great story.
1: I started out my ministry at 11, and so I'd been preaching until about 14. We had over a 1,000 people coming to our meetings. And uh, so after I finished primary school, and I was in high school, and I finished the school, I had a team with me, and uh, we started doing evangelistic work, and we would go uh, to um, different places. we speaking in youth conferences, in open air crusades, in uh, church revivals, and that sort of thing all around uh, Nairobi. And so I had about a team of maybe 10, 12 young fellows, and uh, we, we we just finished uh, uh, high school, and that was just during that gap year. And, um, and I was looking to go to university at the time, and I'd, started, I'd already applied, and I was set to... Uh, going to first year of uni uh, towards the end of this one gap one year gap year between high school and going to uni, so during this time, I was invited to speak in western kenya and uh, in a, in a in a little uh, country town where there was a lot of crime and a lot of businesses had shut because every time people would open up a business, people would break into those businesses and steal. And so the people in our village sent us a, a, an invite and say, could you come to the market and do an evangelistic a meeting and, uh, and win the loss to Christ? And so we said yes. So we, we decided we're going to travel and head over there to that particular meeting. And the journey there was really, really supernatural. Uh, we saw the hand of God, uh, uh, you know, uh, on the way there, supernaturally providing for us. Um, and um, and I remember when we got there, uh, we had the meeting, and the people there were so hungry, so, so hungry. So between... Um, I would say probably between Monday and Friday, we we were doing this crusade. We started out on a Monday and we were finishing on Friday. And on Friday, they were so hungry for what God was doing. Those people getting saved miracles happening blind has been healed. They came to me and they said, listen, you can't shut the meetings down. You got to keep on going for another two days. So, um, I decided we're going to continue for two days, but I didn't really have the finances to, good, to go for another two days. I was really broke in those days. You know, we just we were just struggling trying to get to, to, to places and do what we needed to do. So I remember when they asked me to stay back for another another couple of days, um, I prayed and I said, Lord, I don't know where the finances is going to come from. Um, I know you're going to provide. So we stayed for another two days and on that Sunday morning, we hadn't received any amount money to be able to pay for another extra two days and uh so on saturday night i remember preparing to preach sunday morning uh, a message on the anointing and so saturday night we just finished preaching the open air meeting and i was just in the room praying and i said lord we we've had to stay extend the meeting for two days i have absolutely no finances to pay for the next two days because we're hiring the stage the lights the the, the the pa system the the generator fuel all that sort of stuff and we needed a about 500 in those days 500 shillings per day to actually do that so um, I remember praying to God, say, Lord, provide, you know, just provide. And I went to sleep, Matt, and in the morning, Sunday morning, I woke up and I opened my Bible just to read my Bible like I would. And right there, there was 1,000 shillings in cash, 100 shilling notes, in my Bible right where it was not the day before. So wow. the Lord provided for that. So we finished the meeting, and the next day we got in the van, uh, in the bus to get back to Nairobi. The Lord spoke to me, and He said, "Your time in in, in Kenya was coming to an end." And so I never realized uh, where God was actually getting ready to send me. And so, you know, it's just like Abraham, God speaking to Abraham, he said to him, get me out of that country for my kindred and from your father's house and go to a land that I will show you. So God told me at that time where he was sending me. But I knew that my season uh, in Kenya was coming to an end. So I'm sitting in this bus with my team and we're heading back to Nairobi and I'm praying and I'm feeling in my spirit, oh, something is just stirring up, stirring up. And I feel like my season here in the nation of Kenya uh, was actually coming to an end. And so I began to pray. And uh, when I got home, I started praying, saying, Lord, I know you're saying to me that my season here is coming to an end, but I don't know where you're sending me, where you sending me, Lord. So. In Nairobi, just outside Nairobi, there's a forest there uh, called Karura Forest, and in the forest there, there's, there's uh, huge caves, uh, huge caverns, and people in those early days used to go there to fast and pray. It was our prayer mountain, just like in, uh, you know, in Korea, they've got the prayer mountain where the people go to fast and pray, and, you know, Dr. Yongicho Cho has built this place where people can just go and intercede. So. This is our prayer mountain. People would go into Karura Forest uh to fast and pray and there would be caves there so they would have shelter in the caves, uh, while they were fasting and praying and at any given day You would find 200, 300 people uh, in in one of those caves, you know, fasting and praying and interceding. And so there was a man in those caves uh, who was actually uh, praying and fasting uh, for the nation of Kenya. During that time, we were coming around election time. And so he was actually fasting and praying uh, that God would give us uh, peaceful elections, that the the Lord would, uh, you know, know, pray for the next president who was going to be the next president. President, he was fasting and praying about, uh, you know, uh, for peace and safety during that time because you know elections in Africa can be a bit volatile. So, anyways, he was praying about this and he was doing a forty-day fast. And um, and so during that time, uh, while he was waiting on the Lord, at the end of his fast, um, he got caught up in a vision. So. He, he And this is what he said to me. He said to me that, um, uh, you know, the Lord speaks to him in open vision. Somebody's taking to heaven every now and then, and the Lord talks to him. As a prophet, that's been his ministry. So the Lord, cut. he was caught up in a vision, and Jesus was walking with him in heaven uh, on a path. And he said to me, there was, it was a beautiful path with a garden on either side. And the Lord was they were just having a conversation about the nation of Kenya, and Jesus was giving him prayer points. What to pray for, what to focus on for the main. Four years, who he felt, uh, what who uh, who um, you know was God's will uh, to be the next president of Kenya, and so the Lord was speaking to him about the nation of Kenya, and then towards the end of the vision, Jesus turns to him and he says to him, "Tell my servant Jimmy that I'm raising him up, and I'm going to send him to the great Southland of the Holy Spirit." Now, Matt. God that knows every nation Not just by the name of the nation But by its prophetic destiny and i believe australia's prophetic destiny is that this is the great southland of the holy ghost and i believe that this nation is going to be a springboard for revival to the nations so jesus speaks to him in a vision and he says to him tell my servant jimmy that i'm raising him up and i'm going to send him to the great southland of the holy spirit tell him that i am going to answer the prayers of the people of that land that they have been praying to me they've been crying out to for revival for a move of god and they've said that god has forgotten us that he's moving in other nations and is not but he's not moving in this place and tell them that i have not forgotten them that i am going to uh, I, that i am going to turn the water into wine that i have saved the best for last and so jesus gives them this prophetic word and then jesus gives him my phone number in the vision now, I've never met this man. To this day, he walked in front of me, and I wouldn't even recognize him because I've never met him physically. So Jesus gives him my phone number in the vision. He comes out of this vision uh, that he's just had. He, he goes out of the cave, he turns on his phone, and he brings this phone number that Jesus gave him in the vision. Now, Matt, I was at home at this time, and I'm just, I had, a, you know, in, the, in, the, in my bedroom where I was praying, I used to have this globe, this inflatable uh, globe, and um, and I was spinning it, looking at it, saying, Lord, why are you sending me? Is it the US? Is it, the, is it Canada? Is it is it the UK? Where are you sending me, Lord? Is it New Zealand? You know, just spinning it, looking at different nations, praying and trying to discern uh, where God was actually sending me. And, um, and and at that time, you know, while I was in that mode of seeking and, and praying and searching and, and, and seeking the face of God, the will of god the phone rang and so i went and i remember picking up the phone and um and i when i picked up the phone this guy says to me hi my name is prophet samuel he said to me i'm prophet samuel and i have a word from the lord for you now at the time you know i thought it was one of the kids from uh from church they're playing <laughs> a prank on me so uh, I wasn't. I wasn't quite uh, accommodating. I wasn't uh, listening to. but you know, I kind of was like trying to call him out on it, and like, who is who is this really? You know, who is this? You know, and he he realized I was not willing to hear what he had to say because you know he's some person that you've never heard of, heard of, and you have no idea who he is. Telling you they're a prophet, and they have a word from the Lord for you. So anyways, he just ignored me and started a prophesy. And he realized that I needed to get some confirmation uh, of who he was before I could receive anything that he had to say. So he started prophesying to me and he said, five years ago, this and this and this happened in your life. And he named places and dates and, I mean, he was reading my mail. I had no idea how he would have known any of those things. I said, that's correct. And then he said to me, four years ago, this and this and this happened in your life. I said, that's right. He said, three years ago, this and this and this happened. I said, that's right. Two years ago, this and this and this happened. I said, that's right. Then he said, last year, this and this and this happened. I mean, things that were mundane, like you would not I mean, how would you know this? He said things to me like, you know, your brother went to driving school on this date and on that date he passed and he got his, his license. Now, how would anybody know that? Like, mm. Like, that's all family stuff, you know? And so... He's telling me all this, and then he begins to describe the room. He says, As a matter of fact, I can see you in a vision. You're not a very tall person. You're in a room. There's a couch this color, and it, and then he says that there's photos in the wall. And then he says, I can see you there. You're wearing shorts and a red t shirt. And and Matt, he told me what was written on my t shirt. Wow. At that time, I said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. <laughs> i, 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 I
0: already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he said to me, before this year is out, God is going to go before you. He's going to open the door for you to go to the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Now, I have to go and look that up, find out what that country is, because I never... Nobody ever called Australia in any geography lesson the Great Southland of the Holy Spirit. I never really knew the history of Australia and uh, and and the, you know Leonard De Quiroz and all the journey and all that. I never knew any of that, and neither did he. He never knew what he were, what he felt it could have been Australia, but but that's what he used, he used the word the Great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Wow! And so he gives me this prophetic word, and God calls this nation by its prophetic destiny because uh, every nation has a prophetic destiny over it and so he gives me this prophetic one and he says to me before this year is out god's gonna go before you he's gonna open the doors for you and you're gonna go to this nation and he says i want you to tell the people of that land that they are not forgotten that god loves them that Mm -hmm. god cares about them and that uh, he has and that he's not slow in, in answering the prayer but he is saving the best for last. Yeah. And that we're going to see the best move of God. And I believe not just revival coming to this land, but I believe that this land is going to be a springboard for revival to the nations, mm-hmm. that God's going to touch the nations of the world through this great south land of the, of, the, of the Holy Spirit. And so he begins to give me this word and, and he says, go and tell those people to get ready because God has saved the best for last. And he's going to turn the water into wine. We've been living on water for too long, and he says, I'm about to turn it into wine words, we are about to come into a greater dimension of the outpouring of the Spirit. You know, the Bible talks about the new wine being poured into new wine skin. Mm-hmm. So God is about to bring the new wine uh, into this nation and, and to, to the people of this land. And so he begins to give me this prophetic word, and he says, before this year is out, God's going to do it for you. So around that time, I just, just started going to university, and I was doing a bachelor's in business at Maine. And I, and I went there because I wanted to honor my dad. To be honest with you, I never really wanted to go to uni. Um, I, I was a bit stubborn in those early days. I wanted to just go out and preach the gospel because I'd been to Bible college at the time. Uh, I'd done Bible college, um, Minister's Bible Institute and School of Wild Evangelism, and I'd graduated from that. And so I just wanted to go straight into the ministry. But my dad, um, who's a dental surgeon, he's a very academic guy, came to me and said, listen, you can preach the gospel if you want, and go out there and do whatever God's called you to do, but do me one thing, honor me in this. I want you to go to university, get yourself a degree, get yourself medication, and then after that, you have my blessing to go and do whatever you want. So I, I actually went to uni because I, I remember preaching a message in those early days, honor your father and mother in the Lord and uh and you know, um you know, that scripture of Ephesians and and after preaching I was convicted, I said, Okay, mom and dad, I'll go and do my degree for you. So anyways, I started doing my bachelor's in business admin and I'm so grateful and thankful. Thank to god that i honored my mom my mom and dad in this because you know the bible says that all may be well with you and that you may live long on the alliance so whenever we honor our parents god blesses us along those lines so so it was in the uni when i just started going to uni uh doing my bachelor's in business administration that um that these guys the uni that i was a part of they said we're gonna have uh, we, we, we're gonna have an exchange program um, and so they brought some universities, they went to a partnership with universities from the US, some universities from, um, um, from, from um, the UK, and then some universities from Australia. And so I remember this particular day, they had actually had an education exhibition. In the school, and then they, they invited the students, those who are interested in engaging in an exchange program or going overseas to study. You could go and see the American guys, or the UK, or the the Australian. And so, I already have already heard from the Lord. I'm going to send you to that land. And so, I went to the UK, to the US, uh, to the Australian booth, and um, I gave them all my academic transcript. They did all the numbers, and they said, "You've done well, and and uh, you know you qualify." And uh, we we will set we can get you to straight into second year at are uh, you at at, uh, at a university in the, in uh, Australia in Toowoomba and uh, that's the USQ University of Southern Queensland and you can go and finish your degree there and uh, are you happy with that? I said yes, you know, so sign here and uh, they said we're gonna do your visa, we're gonna get your wow. all your passport stuff done, we're gonna book for you your accommodation at, in Australia, we'll get organise somebody to pick you up, we'll enroll you in all, all in, in your classes. All you have to do is show up at the airport on this day. Oh, Everything's wow. gonna be done for you. So I've never even been to the Australian embassy in Kenya. Everything was, was done. They did everything, just like the Lord said that he was going to
0: open the door. I can tell, mate, you're an African preacher. You could preach all day on this stuff, but I love it. But you know what? Our <laughs> yeah, time is awesome. up, but yeah. I want to say, mate, it is a great sure. testimony of how the Lord yeah. has spoken to you and brought you out here for such a time as this, and I know the Lord is using you mightily uh, in your Amen. church. Uh, If people want to search it up, it's victorylifetowoomba.org. People can search it up online. Search up uh, Jimmy Gino on Facebook as well. I I love a lot of your Facebook stuff, and that's spelt N-J-I-N-O, Jimmy N-J-I-N-O. And uh, I'm keen to get you back on the radio to share more of your story at another stage. But right now we do have to wrap it up. It has been so good to hear your story today, mate. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, Matt, and God bless
0: This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League. They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry and they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. To Him be the glory of the Church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come, go to BibleLeague.com.au. Station sponsor.